The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. You squeeze me out of your life down the drain like molten... What are you doing? We don't have time for that, mate. We've got so much happening. Don't have time for my... Don't have time for my intro. Not the intro. Well, well week, you mate. wouldn't have time for your intro. This is when I was away last year. Your intro took thirty seconds. Why are you always bringing up old stuff? All right, we'll play the other one as well then. If we're gonna, if we're really gonna dive straight in, dogzos. Where my dogzos at? Where my dogzos at? All right, now hit the music and then let's yeah, let's get started. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get started. Producer Kaleji is itching to get going. We do have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of naughty boys. There's a lot of dogzo chat. And cue it up. Cue up the other one, Kaleji, because uh, for this one, we've decided to uh, to bring in the big hitters. There we go. Very good. I'm working you hard today, aren't you? Hey, well I'm, done, I'm, mate. I'm doing my best. When I talk about the big hitters, I'll talk about the man that I think I referred to on the full-time whistle as one of the greatest referees in the world of football. Uh, Alex Novatsis is back on the Perth Football Podcast. Nova, welcome back. Mate, it's great to be back. Uh, greatest, I wouldn't think so. Uh, That's got to be Dave Averson, doesn't it? Oh, 100 percent After the weekend, <laughs> what a great man he was. Again, I had to call him shit during a match. Not to his face, though. To a player, wasn't it? Player and the coach. Yeah. And he heard, he turned around and made sure that he gave me a look. So. <laughs> to be fair, I saw his, uh, his kilometres that he covered on Strava. He didn't do a lot of running this weekend. Nah, well, it, it helps when you put uh, your, when you put your watch on a dog while it's running around for 90 minutes. That's, that doesn't count. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he covers a bit of ground. But, uh, yeah, he can't count warm-ups in half-time either. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, dive in. I'm Sean Fry, the host of the Perth Football Podcast, of course. Across from me in the booth is producer Kalichi. Producer Kalichi, you've uh, got control of the mic until uh, the greatest man turns up. Yep. Not the greatest with time, obviously. But no, uh, no, no. But we're, we're, we're just grateful to have the greatest man turn up <laughs> and be next to the greatest referee. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so much greatness in the booth. And there's also a lot of greatness on the line. Uh, the great Mr. Football of WA, Tommy Dolman's here as well. Tommy, how are you? Evening, lads. Yeah, warming up for a Perth football podcast derby. Oh, I was just going to say PFP derby eve. Oh, well, I tell you what, we will get to that. We will get to that in part two because I think it's the best goalkeeper in the league versus the worst goalkeeper in the league uh, and then two pretty average teams. But we will uh, – I've just set Ilan up for the game of his life, haven't I? But um, I'm not a superstitious man. Anyway, let's dive in because the big talking point of the weekend was Perth Soccer Club versus uh, – I'm blanking on it. Laureate, of course. Athena, Sean oh, so, what were the Who were the team that got all the red cards? Of course, it was Floriot. You wouldn't have known it last season, one of the great – performances that I've seen from them uh, in my time watching the league, largely off the back of them not capitulating and not folding when a bad decision comes in or an injury. or had a lot of injuries last year as well, overcame it. They had bad decisions go against them and still won those games. They even had a 5-0 loss away at Bayswater, came back, won the yeah, league. Absolutely, and that, that didn't derail. They didn't get anyone sent off. They didn't derail the league. But did they get anyone sent off that game? No, remember. not that game. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't have a lot of red cards. They didn't have a lot of uh, issues because – that. 
somehow they held that discipline. And I thought maybe this was a new Floriot, but this was bad old Floriot. And uh, we'll ask you, Nova, because you're here. Look, this... Let's this, set the scene first, Sean. What's, what's happened already? This refereeing decision that's uh, stoked all the eye. Kalichi sent me all the still photos today, and I still had to look at it for five minutes and then figure out what order they were in and think, yeah, okay, it, it, it looks like it's a clean tackle. I'd also say to him, there's a reason that, um, uh, what, what was his name? The, the great uh, Italian defender that never got his shorts dirty? Maldini. Maldini. There's a, there's a reason Maldini never got his shorts dirty because by the time you're in that position, you've already lost. And if you're tracking back at, at that speed uh, and you've left that sort of opening, there's always a chance that either you don't get the ball or you do get the ball and the referee's not going to be in a great position. And uh, we'll throw it to you, Nova, because you're the expert referee in the booth. But making those decisions at, at that time in a game has, has got to be so difficult for a number of reasons. You've, you've got to have your positioning right. You're as tired as the players. Not you, because you're in absolutely fighting fit shape at the moment, mate. I saw you refereeing the other weekend. But the, it is really, really difficult and you have to make a call. So I'll, like, I'll feel for him. But what were your thoughts when you saw the incident? It's t- there's a lot of things you've got to take into consideration as well that we don't know about as well. You've got, uh, you've got the, the assistant referee um, maybe consulting with him as well on his position so he may be able to see something that no one else did um, or, or the camera operator did. Um, you've got his positioning. You've got was the tackle dangerous, irrespective if you got the ball or not. And, and like I said, I've looked at it, and from that angle, yes, it looks like a good tackle. And it's the only um, angle that we've got as well. We yeah, don't have correct. That angle. And and for me, I mean, being a past defender, um, a lot of people did go past me, but it's uh, <laughs> it, it was it was good to see because it was a great. I thought it was a great challenge, and and eighty fifth, eighty sixth minute, and then we talk about that. So unfortunately, if it's a foul and it's a penalty, then and and the player being the last person there, it's then considered dogzo. So he's denied an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, which then means it's being a penalty and he's attempted to play the ball, it's, it's downgraded to a yellow card. So it's unfortunate that it was his second. Um, yep. If it was two yards outside or outside of the penalty area, then That's we're looking at a straight red anyway. Yeah. So uh, I, And this was something we didn't realise because we did the full-time whistle down at Armadale on Saturday. We just watched the highlights. I, I thought he'd just given him a straight red card. I didn't realise yeah. it was a second yellow. And that was my only critique. I mean, the critique can be, look, it was a perfect tackle. But how many times have we watched a game of uh, Premier League football and you see... You know, Virgil van Dijk slide in, make the tackle, the ball ricochets off and he gives a penalty and you're screaming, how is that a penalty? He's got the ball. And then you see the but, third replay. Not even. Just, not no, even. Just, just let me finish my thought because then you see the third replay and, oh, yeah, he's gone through his foot to get the ball. Yeah. But, but not even you know the what Premier I mean? League. Like we had a situation in this league last year when the most controversial call last year was um, Yuzu Garcala's incident where he gets the red card and then you have that one angle that you see and you think, goodness gracious me, the referee's had a, a Cheeseman's had an absolute stinker here. You see the other angle and you go, actually, he's, he's spot on and he's yeah. right here. Yeah, it's a great, so, great so, call. So, so, so it could be a situation like that. But again, from the one angle that we have, it doesn't necessarily look that way. But again, what's the referee's angle? What can he see? And But I think this also buries the lead because truth be told, Jason Saldara saves that penalty. Yeah. Mm. So he, he saves a penalty. There's a chance to block the shot. The shot isn't quite blocked. It and are the, blue, are the, are the uh, blue and white stripes all still thinking about how, how it shouldn't have been a penalty? And probably probably saying, probably saying, ball, don't lie, this is justice. But then Sam Cook is right there to bring it on home. Well, there get, it is and, again. And, and, and get that goal. So, and it, like you were saying, Floriot from last year can see the penalty, get the rebound, clear it away, and get a draw. I think the other thing on top of that, you know, you've gone the penalty, you've had a red card, you've had a penalty saved, and then there's that. I mean, again, you can't tell from that angle where people are saying, "Well, hang on, Sam Cook was in an offside position when he received when the ball was played to him as well." So that's the 
on top of that, that's built up all this frustration. So you've got, you know, obviously they've allowed the goal to occur. And you can actually see the players going across to the assistant referee going, that's how's that not offside? So there's another bit of frustration. And then you've yeah. got, you know, old heads coming in to play and they're upset. And, you know, Phil Arnold then has... has yeah, I don't understand how it's not straight red. That's <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, he's just you've got gone and volleyed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but again, it's frustration that he's had because of all these occurrences that have happened. Yeah. Again, you know, the player may not have been offside. He may have been in an onside. Cookie might have been in an onside yeah. position. It's just what you see. I mean, just yeah. because he receives the ball in an offside position, he may have been onside when the ball was played. So it's you know, and it could have been a defender coming out trying to. Playoffs, yeah. you know, and it hasn't worked. So you've got all these different scenarios, and without that direct angle, you're never going to get it. You're yeah. never going to understand, not yeah. know the answer. No, it's important. And, and that even I'll, I'll go ahead and say, let's just assume it was a perfect tackle. He's got the ball clean. There is still no argument that they've they've improved their situation after that point. There is a level of professionalism that yeah. you need to have that Floriot showed last year and that they have not shown in the last two weeks. Yeah, and you mentioned the last two weeks because Bailey wasn't able to play um, this week. And again, another crucial goal or goal scorer they could have potentially had. And now Gallon, um, <laughs> Arnold and Chris Adelakis yeah. aren't able to play against Jaguars. Good luck. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yeah and you're right. And, and this is where it's dangerous for them because you've got Gallon at the back Chris Lucky at the back, and you've got Phil Arnold that sometimes is playing as a six, sometimes an eight, which, again, Jaguars, I mean, apart from having a pitch 160 metres long, they're the <laughs> quickest players I've ever had to referee. Granted, <laughs> I was 150 kilos the last time I refereed them, but they're just lightning, and this is where you actually need these experienced defenders and, and a young left back yeah. who's moving like uh, one of the quickest fullbacks that we've he's got around. He's been sensational this season. He's as been well. good. He's been great. Alex. What, it, been what really, are, really good to see. What are your thoughts on it, Tommy? Is it uh, is it time to hit the panic buttons for Floriot? No, I don't think so. We were only praising them a couple of weeks ago for sort of finding them savvy selves. Really, the they balance. won three games in a they won three games in a row. They had a little bit of luck, I suppose, in getting that last minute winner against Sterling. But they did a good job. Fairly professional performance against Kingsway. And then, aside from the, the the late drama in the game, they were one all against the Perth team, who let's not forget are top of the league this season, and and who had the league's third best defence last year, and and are looking very strong at the back again in season twenty twenty three. So I think it's a little bit too early to push the panic button for Floria, whilst they do have some problems coming up, I suppose, in terms of dealing with the red cards. Um, that, that that's something they're going to have to work through, and and perhaps. Um, in terms, it was just a mad five, six, seven minutes, I suppose, where it unraveled a little bit and they do lose players for, for subsequent weeks. But I think you can just put this down as one of those games where maybe something happened within the game, things got a little bit heated and, and you just sort of hope they can bounce back. And the experience that they do have, you would back them to bounce back. They are the reigning champions and they have shown in the past why they are I think, um, a usually a mature side. I think you're spot on there, Tommy. I think I think that's their, their saving graces. Teams are going to go through an injury crisis, and it looks like they've almost survived their injury crisis right now with Chris Aldaris coming back as well. They are going to get players who, who do come back when you think about Bailey Brown Montgomery, who's going to be available in the good next time, couple of weeks as well. Good time for the Cup as well. Yeah, you've, you've got the Cup game. And quietly speaking, they've played Red Star. They've played um, Kingsway. Kingsway. Sterling. They've played Sterling. Sterling. They've played Perth. So they've played the teams that we think are going to be there or thereabouts. And they're not too far off the top of the table. So from, from, from a long-term perspective, if you say to them, listen, you're going to have seven or eight players out, you're going to have 
four red cards in in two weeks and you're still going to be there or they're about a quarter of the way of the season through, I bet Vasco's. goes, you know what, I'll take that and I'll get to rebuild and play the the what the next eight teams in the league as well. I think you guys are right. I mean, really, there's no need to hit a panic button after, what, five weeks. I think the only thing they can't win this year now is the is the fair play award. But apart from that, everything else is up for grabs. I don't know. Maybe some other teams get some red cards, right? Yeah, but you've got another 11 that have got to get as many red <laughs> cards as well. So, But again, it's still all there. They're there and they're, like you said, they're there and thereabouts. And um, they're definitely a good chance to, to achieve what they need to achieve. Well, one team that certainly won't be panicking at the moment after a shaky start of the season, a Perth Red Star. We won't talk too much about this game. Go and listen to the full-time whistle if you want to hear about it. But the, uh, the most exciting part of the game, uh, and again... Great that we've got Nova in here because uh, Kalichi made the point that uh, the Sockgate controversy down at Armadale um, may have been due to Nova's uh, shaking his head. May here. have been due to uh, you can't let that behind the scenes. They've got to subscribe to our video version, which you haven't sorted out on Patreon yet. But um, <laughs> it it happened already earlier in the game, which I think is one thing we didn't mention, um, where a player was coming on and they were told by the assistant, "No, your socks aren't." Good enough. You got to pull. So he pulled them up a bit, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, okay, they're good. Now you go on." Then they made another substitute when it's six-one, and I mean, it's a brave man that that pulls that again at six-one when John O'Reilly's standing behind you. And unfortunately for it was Connor Walsh, I think we found out the guy's name was. Unfortunately for Connor, the only person that uh, John O'Reilly can really touch in that situation is his own player, and uh, he's come over to prove to the referee that his socks won't go up any higher by grabbing his sock and pulling it up, almost lifted him up off the ground, almost threw him up onto the, onto the roof of the Armadale stand. So was it covering the shin pad? Yes. So what's the problem? So who cares? That was my, Fuck, it, my I've had this discussion 15 my, minutes. It was six one as well. So don't like, worry about the score. You watch a league. Honestly, there's, they've got you look at socks Grealish. that are white and then red, red socks with white, um, obviously grip socks. Honestly, who cares? Not Crips. I, I don't have a. I guess if it's a if the sock is the grip sock is white and it's halfway up your shin, and red and they're wearing white. Okay, I get it. Who cares? Like, get, let's get on. Let the boys play football. So why, you should have seen Kalichi's socks. You oh. think about Maldini shorts, not dirty. He didn't even put one tackling. He gave the ball away more than Dale did giving the boys the throw. <laughs> that was a legend. He's one of the greats. He's <laughs> don't worry about that. But but is it was it. Was the extra was the extra like being particular about it? Was it because he was being assessed? Well, potentially, yeah. Okay. So if he's being assessed again, letter of the law. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know how the much law. to go into. But referees are, are being told that that socks need to ensure you need to make sure that if you've got grip socks, it's taped down, or they have to be the same color as. Or your it's socks. below the length of the ankle. No, but the length is not a problem as long as it covers the shin pad. So you'll see play. I mean, Jacob Burns was a perfect example. He used to have probably shin pads that were four centimetres long, but used to tuck his sock into the shin pad. So it was literally just almost just above his ankle. But your shin pad's covered. You know, it, it's not like the old days your shirt has to be tucked in and your socks are up to your knees. It, that's finished. You know, players are untucked. And by the way, can we just watch football? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what as a referee, you, uh, you know, listen, uh, you don't mind a joke and a bit of a laugh, but... Let let the twenty two players play because yeah. people are paying ten bucks or, or six and five in state league one and two to watch them. They're not coming to watch Joe Blow saying, Bud, pull those socks up because we've got you on, on streamer. You've got to have your socks. I mean, come on. I yeah. don't know. No, I don't know. So the so the the official uh, quote from over there is who cares? Get on with it. Okay. Uh, absolutely. 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 I mean I get I, listen, I understand the little the law of the game, what it states, and I understand that. 
but is it going to, my personal opinion, and I'm not talking as a fool, anything else, my personal opinion, is that going to make your decision for a throw-in or a free kick any different? Because, oh, I'm not sure because his sock is not all the way up. So I don't know if it's dog zone now. <laughs> like, in all, honestly, it just it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, no, I'm, I am completely with you. We will uh, move on from that game. If you want to hear a little bit more about Darren Nichols' perfect hat-trick and, and, and the Red Star looking like they've got an absolute professional leader at the front of the pitch in him and now a professional leader at the back in Liam Reddy, they are going to be very dangerous. How expensive are their bookends, by the way? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Darryl if Nichols you ask, if you ask the Abadell fans, they'll tell you that uh, Liam uh, Reddy is, is is a bit tight, and I uh, don't want to spend. <laughs> he wouldn't, money on wouldn't the pay five dollars on the raffle apparently because he said his wife's got his wallet. So, um, <laughs> but, but I think he was probably more angry that they didn't recognise that it was Liam Reddy, the, the the poor girl that met him at the uh, at the gate. But anyway, uh, we will move on. We won't talk too much again about the uh, Balcata Bayswater game, but we get we will get a quick word from you, Tommy, about that because you were there. Um, and the one question, Kalichi's got a question as well, but I'll ask you this one before how. Uh, but we've talked about the the vacancy between their yeah. their front line and their back line. Yeah. How big of a difference is Cam Edwards slotting into that midfield? That's the exact same question that I had as well. All right, well then that, shut up then and let Tommy there. talk about it. A big difference. We touched on this in the full-time whistle, but um, what Edwards does in the middle of the park is he provides that balance alongside Hargreaves. I think we were speaking on a podcast earlier in the season and maybe calling for, for Jordan Abrahams to sort of slot in there as that box-to-box type and that guy to to sort of be that complimentary piece to, to Hargreaves. And, and in Edwards, they found that player who, who can sort of do something a little bit different. And what that does allow them to do is it allows them to have that base. And then the likes of Gordon Smith, Costa Spider, he was on the bench at the weekend, but players like him and Smith can sort of maraud forward and have that free role to, to do the things they need to do to, to set the likes of Dway and McKechae and Steins away. So just the configuration looks a lot better. And um, and yet Bayswater have stabilised after a rocky start to the season. They're unbeaten in three now. And um, it's going to be a good game this uh, somewhere in a couple of weeks' time. They're away at Sterling. And that's going to be a re- really interesting marker of their progress over the past few weeks. Yeah, well, producer Galicia's just stormed off because I was so rude to him uh, in a huff. And uh, we've, we're going to hand over the mic now to uh, to the greatest man who's just walked in. He hasn't really, Galicia. I'll let you say I've goodbye got, to I've the got, I've got one more question. Um, but like, well, one more observation. Um, that was their, what, their first clean sheet in two years and it was against uh, Balcatter as well. So what what does that kind of like look like for them? Because it... it like you're also saying, all of a sudden in our classic FIFA stats, they're now unbeaten in three. So they're unbeaten but, in three. They've got a bit more balance that's coming on and they look like they had a clean sheet. Did they look tested in that department or was it was it just a case of something being blunt and, and, and Belcada not being able to take their chances? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, that clean sheet statistic is only for home games. Uh, so obviously they were on the I road. I was going to ask whether he's right on the weekend. That. Yep. Um, so, so that 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 run without a clean sheet's only at Frank Drago Reserve, and that um, continues away from home. That's true. Um, they've they've not had many more clean sheets on the road, to be fair. Um, but but what it was to answer your question, Cleach, is a combination of both. So Valcada had a little bit of an off day. They weren't really get able to get into stride. They weren't maybe able to get Yamamoto, uh, who's been a great player for them in the first few weeks on the ball as much as they'd like. They had plenty of energy and they had plenty of huff and puff throughout. And and to be fair to Glenn Grostat, he changed the system on multiple occasions and he made some substitutes and he really tried to sort of change things up and shake it up. But I think it was just one of those days for Balcata where things just didn't quite work on the day. And they maybe ran into an opponent who was a little bit sharper on, on the afternoon. And, um, I mean, based on what we've seen the first few weeks of the season, they're still up there in the top four. 
Um, I, I wouldn't be worrying too much about that. I think Glenn will be pretty clean, pretty keen to write that one off and and very much move on. Um, just just to touch on them though, they're obviously um, I'm not sure who their Australia Cup opponent is this weekend, but this time last year they went out to Emerald very early on in the competition. You may remember, so well, I'm this... sure they'll want to progress a bit further this time around. Tommy, if you're not going to do this research, what are you here for? Because that's that's the reason we get you here because we don't we don't want to do it. Um, uh, now producer Cleachy has finally stormed off uh, in a rage and uh mr man first name greatest has uh jumped in how are you josh how are you doing we're talking about the balcata game we were talking about the balcata game yeah uh it's great to have you you join us straight from training how was training uh yeah it was it was all right did lots of small-sided games okay great do you find that important uh in developing a team do you, do you believe in the small-sided games oh yeah i think I, from my perspective i enjoy trainings where it's mostly mostly Football match, very Spanish, isn't it? It's, it's a sort of Spanish way of uh, a lot of touches, uh, nice and tight. Develop yeah, those to, technical skills. Got to make sure there's some goals in there, though. Okay, I'm just I can't forget where the goals are. I'm just kind of stalling because I've uh, forgotten uh, the other scores of the other games. We should but, really. But what about the long balls? That's a, Tommy, shut up. We should talk about Kingsway um, because, geez, it's about time they start uh, kicking into gear, isn't it? Who wants to take that? I think the only thing for me with Kingsway is they've got to be careful because they're going to have a long run of away matches now um, because they're going to their ground is about to go into is hiatus the right word because they've got 28, 28 days uh, where the pitch can't be used prior to uh, Denmark turning up uh, for the Women's World Cup. So oh, I thought you meant for the um, high school country league. Yeah, well, that's, I thought that's was the other Denmark. The, the well, one that's further yeah, away. This one's a little bit better than that yeah. one, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, you have not been to Greenpools down in Denmark, have you? Beautiful place. Yeah, magnificent. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. No, I mean, the, the, you know, they've they've had a run of, again. They've lost to Coburn. Was it Coburn? Got that correct? I think two one three one. Um, so they they're basically you know they need to Tuffy needs to to start looking at it and, and getting the results because again they they've got some away games and well a, a good number of away games that uh, they'll need to uh, obviously get some results and, and kick on from, from where they're at at the moment. Well, Kalish is just saying Friday Zico at me. I assume that's you want me to talk about the goal that he scored. He scored another <laughs> stunning goal. He's smashed one in from uh, 35 yards on his left the other week, and now he's uh, pulled off a lovely little dink over the goalkeeper after the, the first attempt was smothered. He's running into a bit of form, but, I mean, Coburn will just be Coburn. They'll, they will just... They will just beat teams that they shouldn't beat one week and then not turn up the next week. It's it makes for very entertaining football, just like the the rest of the MPL. Uh the rest of the action around the grounds. What was the other games, Tommy? Uh so Inglewood United moved off the bottom of the table. That. They they beat the Glory by four goals to three. Uh so a high scoring thriller there. And um Glory sort of threatened to make a comeback as they had done in in a previous week against um Bayswater, obviously, they were 3-0 down at Frank Drager Reserve and came back to draw 3-3. Uh, they, were, uh, they were down against Inglewood as well. They pulled it back to 3-3 uh, and then um, Michael Domfey uh, stepped up and got a got a last-minute winner. Uh, well, not a last-minute winner, a late winner in the final 10 minutes for them. So, um, a much-needed three points for Andres Oliveira's team and their first win since the opening day of the season, which seems like a long time ago when they came from two down to beat Floriot. Tommy, I wish we'd gone to that game or the the Floriot uh, Floriot Perth game because uh, that Balcata <laughs> Bayswater game was no good at all. But uh, I mean, Michael... now thank God you're here to just to give us the honest truth. Tommy didn't yeah, yeah. say anything about how rubbish it was. Well, it was, I'll, it I'll wasn't let a... Gareth Naver know that one. <laughs> well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good game. I'm not saying anybody played badly or played well. It was an enjoyable game to watch. But uh, you know, those Perth Glory games are just 
so out of this world, like how open they are. I mean, we looked at some of the teams. We were looking at teams that are like, I think Perth Glory were like 13 goals scored, 13 goals conceded. Red Star are like 15 goals scored, 7 goals conceded. Armadale, 15 goals scored. and uh, Now 100 conceded. I don't know, I don't know how many they'll yeah. have conceded by the end of the season, <laughs> the, the way they, they flip-flop from week to week. Um, and really the only team that seems to be tightening the screws at the moment is Perth at the top of the ladder. They've scored the least goals in the competition, but they've got the most points right now. Yeah, it's a fascinating league, as, as we always say. Sterling also got a uh, big 2-1 win up in the north in the uh, frosty winds of Sorrento. Oh, I think no, it's Central, that one. It was at Florian. Oh, Sorrento can't get on their ground at the oh, moment. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm just looking at the uh, just looking at the scores once again. I don't do my research. Um, but uh, we were mentioning the glory and uh, sorry, Kalechi. What did you want? To, you wanted to duck in and uh, criticize. I was just going to say, lovely little finish from Asher Nelson there. Uh, Ooh, he curled yes. one into the top corner to, to give Sterling the lead. Yeah, that's right. I, sh- I should have had that in my mind, and I would have realized where it was. But anyway, we'll move on. You can edit all that out, can't you? You can just put in something about how I said they were playing at Florian. Anyway, we will move on. Uh, we did mention the, um, it is the the glory before. We've had a few chats recently about, um, well, we had one with Daryl Nickel uh, on the weekend. Daryl was not uh, complaining whatsoever. He's a man that doesn't have much to complain about when he keeps banging these goals in. But uh, with that Perth Glory under-21 side in uh, in a league that obviously, as Floriot will tell you, they take very, very seriously. Um, having a team where historically, week-to-week, players come in, players come out, does kind of, uh, you know, mess with the the integrity of the league. We will uh, talk about that maybe on another podcast. The main reason I wanted to do that was to segue into the women's uh, game, which started with 7-0 Friday night game between uh, Perth Red Star and Curtin, because, Josh, I wanted to do the drive-by on Curtin this week, and uh, you can you can take a rest. Uh, but we will move on to the one game that you caught in the women's NPL action, Tommy. Tell us a little bit about uh, Balcata. How did they look? Uh, yeah, so Balcata won, Fremantle City won. Um, it was a pretty even first half. I thought um, uh, both goalkeepers uh, made a couple of pretty good saves each. Um, but in the second half, Fremantle City sort of took control of the game. Uh, they had a lot of a lot more possession than um, than Balcata did. Uh, Laura Waltman covered so much ground. I don't know what her GPS stats were after the game, but she was absolutely everywhere on the day. And and I thought if it had it not been for for um, your favourite author, Sean EJ Doust, oh. I thought um, she made so many interventions Love throughout it. the afternoon. And um, yeah, a new thriller she coming was, out. She was she was phenomenal on the day, and it was um, and and it was um, only Olivia Truman who answered Tia Stonehill's goal to to earn them a point, but it was Freya that was certainly looking more likely to win it late on. How's Tia looking? Uh, obviously, he's had a, a long road back from injury and then uh, other dramas uh, at the start of the year off the pitch. But, uh, yeah, what's her form looking like? Yeah, first time I've sort of seen her in the flesh but for 90 minutes since she's come back from injury. And she yeah, she looked... Um, oh, sorry. I, well, actually, I told her I did the NTC game the week before. But she's still trying to find some combinations, I suppose, with the likes of Monique Prinsley, with Lauren Kintinibali, and a couple of the other attacking players. Uh, but what Tia always does provide is she always does provide that intensity and that pace. And, um, yeah, the defence can never rest. And, and as we saw at the weekend, the one time where, where Prinsloo and um, and Stonehill were able to link up, that was a nicely weighted throw ball. And we saw the finish from Tia sort of uh, whipped into that top corner. It was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that's her fifth of the season. And, um, yeah, obviously a good confidence boost for her. Five goals in, um, in three games to start the campaign. What do you make of Balcata overall after seeing them a few times 
early this year, Tommy, because a few people had their them uh, tipped in the the top four. I didn't because I had uh, NTC in there. Um, what, what, what's what's your sort of perspective on, on how they look after a, a few games with with a couple new players in the team? Something about a broken clock, I could say. Well, I think defensively they they look pretty steady. Um, I know I praised Elizabeth Doust a moment or so ago. EJ um, EJ Doust, author. Correct, yeah. But the but Monique and Tully Delpera back in the team. Um, there there were two good players who missed the the, the fortnight before. Um, I think it's just those forward combinations. Um, they they did ha- they do have spells in games Valcada where I feel like they just don't quite capitalise on on good moments, and it often means that when teams uh, the opposition teams do get their chance to have some momentum within a game, uh, they can often fall back on the back foot a little bit, and uh, and the other team will punish them um, as it kind of was on the weekend when Fremantle City got ahead of steam in that second half. But I think the foundations there are good enough for for Balcata, and I think um, from my perspective anyway. And they obviously fell to that late defeat to NCC. Lala strike, uh, it was 0-0 for a lot of that game uh, at the weekend. Um, they defended pretty well again. It's just about getting that fluidity in those um, attacking p- positions. But there's no reason why they can't push for the top four based on what I've seen, certainly. Well, we've got to jump on to part two shortly, uh, where we're going to talk about the Premier League title race. It is now very much a race as Arsenal have a little bit of a trip and a stumble. Uh, And then we'll talk about the Perth Football Podcast derby uh, between Leeds and Liverpool. Uh, But it's the only way we can get a mention on on Liverpool on the podcast now, because they're not really featuring in anything else. But uh, before we move on there, a little whip around the rest of uh, the women's NPL uh, the the one that stands out, obviously, the NTC. Uh, they are now mm. one point off top with a game in hand and looking like this could be a season where they they really make ripples up at the top of the table. Josh, Tommy, you've seen more of them. I mean, I caught, caught a few minutes um, of that game against Balcata that you were at, Tommy, but what are our thoughts there? That that game yesterday was wild because NTC um, were 4-0 up and just early in the second half. And then Subiaco launched a comeback to make it 4-3. And it took a, um, a stoppage time goal from Louise Tarner off the bench to make it 5-3 and wrap up the points. So whilst I'm sure there's positives for NTC, um, that they are hitting the scoreboard and um, that they were able to get into that position, they may be a little bit concerned that, that they were they, they let Subi back in the game, who um, certainly showed at least against Curtin anyway, they do have the capabilities to take advantage um, when the opportunities present themselves and put goals in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, that was that was a very interesting result. But, um, but yeah, it was another good win for NTC, who, as you say, are, are, are a point behind on nine points now, Sean. And the big game I'm looking forward to, two weeks' time, Perth versus NTC at Dorian Gardens. Can't wait for that one. I think we'll have to get down to that one on a Sunday after the Australia Cup weekend. Watching, watching the highlights, I noticed um, this really good piece of play from Georgia Cassidy to, again, We've been harping on about how well she is as a passer and how she sprays passes and plays in that kind of quarterback role. Um, but really noticing her as a tackler this year. And um, there's a p- piece of play there where she dispossesses former glory and, you know, women's league team of the decade player, Marietta Bain. Um, dinks a pass a defender, gallops down the line, sends a cross in and gets an assist there. And you're just seeing this player flourish and develop there. And I actually think that the fact that it became 5-3 is going to be good for Ben Anderton because he's always looking for ways to improve. So I'm sure he can just speak to the team and be like, that's not how you run out of 4-0 four, four lead and, and other points that he can kind of like harp on them because I, I, I believe that he's gunning for the league this year. It, it, is, it, is, a, um, it is definitely something for them to note. They won't get away with... Um doing that against Perth in a fortnight's time, as I touched on before. Um, but, I, but I think they are, I mean, it's, it's an obvious thing to say, but they are still quite a young team. 
Uh, so those situations where one team maybe does get a bit of wind behind their sails and puts them under a, under the pump for a um, longer period of time, that's that's something that they have to deal with and that's something that they have to work through um, with, I suppose, minimal experience as a team. So, um, it, like you say, whilst obviously it probably isn't ideal that they let Sue be back into the game, I'm sure Ben would have been pleased that they were able to sort of find that courage and, and not let it slip to 4-4 and that they were able to sort of hold out and get that fifth goal. And, and sometimes you've just got to get the results, Kalichi. That At the end of the day, it's, it's not necessarily how pretty it is. Um, obviously, we know with NCC, they, they are sort of built on playing that style of football in particular. Um, but this is a team that made the top four last season. They want to win things. They want to win games. It's not just about developing a pretty brand of football. So, yep. yeah, they'll take plenty of heart out of the first few weeks. They are definitely looking good. They are, as we said, uh, right in the mix up there with Perth and uh, Red Star. Uh, it's going to be a very tight league probably between those three. It looks like the other three quite, aren't quite at that same level. In the men's, we've got eight teams separated by three points, so it's it's going to be a really dramatic NPL uh, season on both sides. I'm sure we are going to take a little quick break and then come back with a bit of Premier League chat before we head home. And we're back, part two. Before we move on to that quick Premier League action, we did have uh, a game we didn't mention on the weekend. That was the uh, Perth defeating Fremantle. Is that right? By six goals to nil. So, um, oh, mum, there you go. Thanks, Kalich. Stop nodding when I, you just agree with everything I say. You're such a yes man. I'm always, I'm usually wrong as well. That's the problem. Uh, and uh, but before we do move on to that Premier League stuff as well, the one other thing while we've still got Nova here, uh, you refereed a great game of football on the weekend, didn't you? Do you want to just tell us a, a little bit about that? It, the pinnacle of, of football in WA, I was told. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, Mum FC versus Western Knights. No, I'm only joking. It was um, it was North Perth versus South West Phoenix. Oh, the Kalichi's oh, own had... North Perth. Okay. Oh, it's, Start it, of Kalichi's last dance. He is absolutely megan. <laughs> he oh, gave Kalichi. the ball away. Oh, horrible. yeah, yeah. Is he still playing at fullback? Well, apparently. Did he put any tackles in this week? No, no tackles. Clean shorts. Yeah. Uh, yelled at me about 15 times. I've told him to shut up <laughs> twice. But honestly, but I tell you what, what's great to see is a couple, uh, a couple Inglewood United players, Brian Woodall up front. Um, so I've been lucky enough to come back into the amateur prems. I've lost the weight. He's taken it. Yeah. Um, oh, great. Yeah. And then. Um, you are looking then, fantastic, by the way, I, sh- I should say. I, I, it's okay. It's all right. Nearly there. Um, but chilly as well. And to, to actually watch uh, <laughs> Jason, Jason Barrera in the middle of the park again. So I was lucky enough to referee him when, in the MPL days. To see him again was just good because I had someone in my ear the whole time. So it was actually quite good. But then you hear Kalichi. There was one point he actually asked someone to get a yellow card. He's knocked the ball past someone and he's run into him, fallen over like an absolute bag of shit. This is this is the man that complains down. about players oh, cheating wow. and making the game difficult I, he for referees. Got, he got the free kick and he's given me this stare and I'm like, what do you want? And he's gone, put hands in his air, hands in the air. And I'm like, mate, I'm not booking anyone for that, please. And then I think the best one was he wanted me to book the team for persistent. So basically a player, Jason Burrow is getting fouled by different players. I'm going, it's persistent. Yes, but which player do I book? Because everyone's fouled him once. He's like, oh, no, he's fouled him three times. He's fouled him twice. He's fouled him twice. Well, how about you concentrate on the game yeah, and how to pass rather yeah. than counting yeah, how many absolutely. times someone's fouled. But it's, again, it's, it's actually good to be able to referee amateur football. Uh, especially in the Prems, because it's actually it's actually quite good. So if anyone gets a chance to go watch some amateur Prem football, it's really really enjoyable it's all, and it's old school. It's back. It's to also the 90s. great. To, it's also great to lay into someone when they're not in front of a microphone as well. Once he's uh, handed Absolutely. over to Josh. Josh, very quickly, and then we got to move on to the Prem. Kalich is very good natured on the podcast, but he is like so 
obscenely competitive. It comes out in his football games. But yeah. I've got a story. So we were playing casual football uh, in the off season, and both of us have um, have uh, sports watches on. And Kalichi goes, "Oh, how 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 far have you run?" <laughs> and he's asked, and and then the ball goes out, and I'm going to go fetch the ball, and this guy just comes running past me. Kalichi's going to get every spare ball because he wants to finish with more <laughs> kilometres. He, he's quite good. I was actually, like, well, I've got to do this now. The, the other thing that was actually quite good as well is that I've known Kalichi a long time, but he refused to use my name. So it was Ref, Ref, uh, Ref. I'm like, oh, my, just, mate, just stop. Yeah, I played yes, him a couple I'd of rather weeks ago. He called me number yes, 22. Just me, yeah, yeah. Can we do a podcast that we just rag on Kalichi? That's, I'm loving this. This is this fantastic. Is I this mean, I've got good. another yeah, half yeah. an hour's worth. I've got well, right of, right of, right of reply, Kalichi? <laughs> no, no, no. No time for that. We're, we we do need to move on from a player who used to be good to who isn't so good anymore in Kalichi to a, to a team that was rubbish and now look like they might be okay. Now, before you go, what's going on at Manchester United? They seem like they're uh, looking a little better, maybe on the road to recovery. A little bit better, you know, a little bit too late. Um, all teams are great when they can't win anything now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you just have a look at what, what they've been able to produce. A few injuries now that may take uh, take its toll as well. If they finish top, I think they should finish third now. Um, Newcastle choked a little bit on the weekend. Oh, none of that. Well, I was saying to Kalichi on the weekend, it's it's Weird. it's the most Bizarre. frustrating season for Bizarre. to be as bad as Liverpool are because no one wants yeah, No that one wants to win it. You get no up with 60 to, yeah. points on this, uh, this season. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go watch Wrexham and Notts County and they're, all, they're both on 165 points. Oh. Well, I think I think Notts County were at the, oh well, and Wrexham slipped up on the week. Not yeah, to one, turn one into point. the Wrexham yeah. podcast, but no, no. but um, <laughs> but Notts County might miss out on on promote automatic promotion with 109 points. Yeah, it's just it's, it's ab- the most ridiculous season. Absolutely I've outrageous. Missed, but Talk yeah, about yeah. Wrexham, or we might get on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know what? If we send a clip of us, we should have the cameras on. But if we send it a clip of us uh, talking about Wrexham, and they know that in Perth, Western Australia, <laughs> there are four dudes in a pod and one on the phone, and they're just talking about Wrexham football club they'll know how far it's spread but um say four dudes in a pod you might get on the wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh god how do i i can't keep my composure with you in here now but let's um we do want a quick whip round where are uh, before you go uh, you do have to head off but uh who is winning the premier league now i want an answer from everyone i've said i've said for a while i've said man city yep yeah Josh? without a problem I've said Arsenal for a long time, and I, I just want it to be true because I'm I'm sick of. You're going to stick with it, Kalichi. One one. No, we we don't you, do Kalichi, predictions you, anymore with how we're going in in the in the football in the NPL competition. Come on, you've just bashed me for three minutes, but Man City. <laughs> okay, uh, Tommy. Yeah, I agree with Josh. I, I hope it's Arsenal, but I think the momentum shifted. So you're going to say, so what's, what City, sort of answer yeah. is that? <laughs> from, the, from the man who knows how to sit on a fence, yeah, he's going with City. I'm going to stay with Arsenal because I'm sick of flip-flopping with my predictions, but I'm not very confident. Um, no, but thank you so much. You've got to bounce. We're going to talk Thanks, a little Jets. bit more about that, but thank you so much for coming in, man. It's a, always a pleasure. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, guys. Uh, so we will get, talk quickly about that game last night. Obviously, Arsenal dropping a, a two-goal lead against Liverpool, uh, and as frustrating as that was, it's probably the most frustrating Liverpool game I've seen this season because I actually hate it more this year when we play really well. And watching them play for that hour uh, where they were 2-0 down, that that probably at maybe 50 minutes against Arsenal was, was probably Liverpool at their almost back to last year. They were so good. And that frustrates me more than watching a sup because at least then I know what I'm going to get. Watching them and knowing that we could be better, that that's still in there. That That's really frustrating. But they, they blew that two-goal lead. 
I blew a two-goal lead again. It does look like the cracks are starting to open up. But as as a West Ham uh, man, how did you how did you feel about that? Because I almost wanted to lose that game. I I honestly sent a message to my dad afterwards, and I was like. I sent a message to my dad afterwards. I was like, that's the first time I've actually enjoyed watching West Ham this season. Like, that's the first good game I've seen West Ham yeah, play. I felt I'd... the same. And it's all to help Manchester City. <laughs> well, yeah, but we, we've got we've got an issue that we got to deal with. And, and yeah. I was actually talking to my dad about it before the game. Like, we were so pessimistic going in. We were just, we, we're just getting hammered by the big teams every time we play them because we just sit everyone behind the ball and, and can't be bothered going forward. But, but finally, we had Bowen and Antonio show a bit of fight and uh, get us back into the game with, with their hard running up top. Um, and before I was saying, you know, I, and to change the topic slightly from the title race, I was saying, man, I almost wish I was a Brighton fan right now. Yeah. Because the way they play football is like the absolute ideal for me about like, you know, that's how the teams I coach, I, I would love them to play like that, the way well, they Brighton play Brighton are football. fantastic. And you, you that watch... game against Chelsea, they absolutely destroyed them. It was, it was crazy <laughs> thinking that it was like a big four, big six club going up against a team which has a, a stadium of like yep. 20,000 oh. in, in a tiny little town outside London. I was just about to go on to Chelsea basically via Brighton by, by saying that the... <laughs> Even if Deserby goes, which everyone's tipping he will, maybe you go to Tottenham, maybe you go to Chelsea, which would be even more hilarious if he goes and fails at Chelsea now and they bring someone else in <laughs> who exceeds all expectations and they keep bringing players through. They're so well set up as a club, the complete opposite of what Todd Bowley's got set up uh, at Stamford Bridge. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the, the, the race down the bottom, Chelsea aren't that far uh, ahead of you, actually. West Ham still might be able to peg them back. No, um, well, they're, they're over 40 points. I think we've got a pretty tough run in. Like, we've got something like uh, five of our games against top eight teams, something something like that. But we've got Bournemouth coming up, and we've we've done pretty well in the games against the teams around us. I think our form now, we're like 11 points in seven. I think we were... Luckily, Everton uh, have got a tough run as well. So that Yeah, might, I think, I think that we were 10 points you. in six going in. But there's so many teams down there that it's still really hard to predict. Uh, like Bournemouth look like they may have just enough now, but they've still got to keep picking up points here and there over the rest of the season. Palace look like they're good now uh, since they brought Roy Hodgson. Yeah. Well, who knew, who knew? I didn't even mention Frank Lampard's back. What the, Why the hell is he back? <laughs> Absolutely stunk no, the place up at Chelsea, stunk the place up at Everton, and then comes back to Chelsea and stinks I'm, it up again. I mean, that's ridiculous when you go from, you've had Thomas Tuchel, who who won them the Champions League, uh, one, one of the, you know, you know, an absolute like top class manager. They've decided he's not doing well enough at the start of the season. They get rid of him. They get Graham Potter in, who needs time to do his job. And then they go back to a guy who failed like... Three is it's like Homer Simpson. Frank Lampard is like Homer Simpson walking, walk, crawling back through the supplicant tunnel to get into Mr. Burns' office. Kalichi uh, said uh, last week about the the foibles of all, or the strangeness of of appointing Graham Potter in, in the system that they've got, bringing in all these random players, not giving him the time to set up a team, uh, and. And now they, they they bring Frank Lampard in. It's the hilarity about it actually, Frank he actually might be the Homer Simpson of. Is, is he? Well, I, I'm thinking about him at um uh, about Homer Simpson when he was working for Hank Scorpio and just falling upwards or failing upwards. Just they, so another example of how Frank Lampard is Homer Simpson. He just keeps failing and getting Premier League jobs. Has anyone ever failed upwards more, Kalichi? Harry Redknapp. Um, but the, <laughs> the hilarity of it is like, is, is this guy is is now all of a sudden like coaching this team that he legitimately failed at, that the players did not like enough to keep him there, that he lost the dressing room, and now he's back there coaching them again in the crucial part of the year to help them, A, get into the Champions League, not going to happen, win a Champions League game, or keep the team steady for the rest of the season. 
Like how, how do you run a team like that? Bizarre. It's such a bizarre appointment. Um, but I'm glad we're uh, sliding down from the top of the table to the middle of the table down to, uh, to West Ham and Everton and Co. down near the bottom because we've got the Perth Football Podcast derby. One of them. Uh, Leeds versus Liverpool. Uh, and I'll put to you before the podcast, Tommy, uh, is it the best goalkeeper in the league versus the worst goalkeeper in the league in two very average sides? Uh, I didn't know Chris Kirkland still played for Liverpool, Sean. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a very fair shout. Oh, on a serious note, though, I, I, I'm I not one to, to just dig out players for being terrible, but maybe it's just the games I've seen. But every single... I watched him play against Accrington Stanley this year, and I thought he didn't look like he was up to that level. Uh, is is Melia, is he that bad? Is it is it just... Oh, have I just caught him in bad games? He doesn't look commanding he fumbles almost every cross that comes in he, he never looks confident I, I don't think his distribution's that great Isn't maybe, very maybe young as well. what what's what give, give, give it give him a defense because i know you i know you will tommy um yeah he he's young he's he's i think he's actually the youngest goalkeeper to make 100 he might be appearances um so he's so so he is quite young you are right in that he does have quite a few flaws um sean but I think what doesn't help is the fact that we've leaked a lot of goals and, and that's not Melia's fault as such. Uh, a lot of that's been defensive organisation. Quite a bit of that was under Jesse Marsh as well when we were quite all over the place. And the way that we played under Bielsa was very offensive and it left a lot of gaps and, and Melia had a lot of work to do. So, yeah, I, I, I acknowledge there's, there's probably a few flaws of Melia's game that he can improve on. But, yeah, um, I think I think the way in which Leeds have played over the past three or four years probably hasn't helped him in terms of his highlights reel, you could say. Uh, Josh has got a quick question, but I'll let you uh, think for a second on who which goalkeeper, starting goalkeeper in the league is worse. Go, Josh. I, uh, I I couldn't believe what happened in that Palace game. I went to sleep because I was tired as a, at one one at half time, and Leeds had completely dominated, only to find out that they got hammered in the second half. Uh, Tommy, how how do they do things like that? Uh, so it, at one nil at half time, I was about as smug as I was when I was calling that Bayswater. <laughs> when we were at Sorrento the other week, because. I was calling that I tipped Bayswater. They were 3 0 up to the glory, and then glory pegged it back to 3 3. I couldn't believe it. Um, to be honest, we just, yeah, we just started the second half slow. The goal on half time spooked Leeds, um, and, they were, and they were never able to recover. And in terms of the game tonight, if we give Salah and Gakpo and these guys the same amount of space he that we gave there, Zay and Elise, um, yeah, the same amount of space we gave Elise and Eze and these types of guys, I think we're going to be punished in the same way. So, yeah, it's got to be a better defensive performance than they, it was in the second half of Palace. They are always good footballing games recently, uh, Liverpool and Leeds. Not necessarily, like, defensively, technically, but it's... Uh, it's oh, yeah, the 4-3 gra- it, in Leeds first. Oh, mate, it's, throw, it's throwbacks to Brent, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Brendan Rodgers beating... <laughs> Stokes six four every every week. There's there's nine goals going in, and you just got to gamble on which side the uh, five or six are going to go. Um, it's it's so chaotic, and yeah, I I don't know where the edge is in this one. I, I still obviously Liverpool should be the better side, but I mean I don't go into. We've the, already lost to them at home. So I, I was just going to say, Kalichi, and throw to you. I don't go into this with any confidence. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm not confident at all. Um, there's been nothing about Liverpool to have made me feel confident this year, like. And it's just a funny thing, like Klopp remarked on it in his press conference and he was just like, this is the year where we've had our two record highest wins of the season and we're like an eighth. 
So like, how how do you make of that? And it's the classic thing where you you're better off, obviously, better off winning eight games one nil than winning one game eight nil, and then like butchering the rest of them. So I I would literally just love a performance where everyone plays and no one gets hurt. <laughs> that's that's all I want. That's right all now. you're hoping for? Yeah, just a wussy Marge Simpson bet. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, it's so depressing. This is why we don't talk about the Premier League that much on this podcast anymore. <laughs> We've got a West Ham yeah, fan, a Leeds fan, and a Liverpool fan. Honestly, if there are any Arsenal fans out there, or maybe the press too, the Arsenal actually, fans. Actually, right me, Kalichi, Kalichi, let me put a shout out to uh, anyone that's out there. Um, that, that would like to be involved in the Perth Football Podcast. If you want to come and get your voice on, if you've got uh, any uh, things you'd like to raise, if we've made you angry and you want to uh, make your point, we'd love to get you in on the phone. We'd also uh, love to get you into the booth if you're, if you're a good speaker. Uh, please contact Kalichi at the Perth Football Podcast uh, Facebook page. Uh, Instagram and, page. Yeah, and, and while you're there, just like, subscribe. on the. But you actually do that on your phone, on the podcast app, if you get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Does anywhere else that people get podcasts? I, I follow on Spotify. Okay, yeah. Well, well put you... Is one, is one of those 28 five-star ratings yours? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, good. I don't have to tell you to go and do all it. The, but all I the do, episodes I'm on. But I do need it. <laughs> he just doesn't like the other ones for some reason. Um, but yeah, I but do in, have all, to... in all seriousness, we are looking for people, especially people um, who, well, especially we want to get the woman's voice in the booth as well. We are Absolutely. very conscious that we are four blokes most of the time, sometimes five. Um, uh, and I'm sick of it. Yeah. And yeah, we'd like to make sure that we get as, as diverse as possible in terms of talking about the MPL and the world game as well. Yeah, it's always, it's always very easy. We get clubs reach out to us. Balcata uh, obviously reached out to us with the Dioperas and uh, and Gabby. Uh, please do so again. We, we want to have some players, coaches, anyone involved in the league wants to come on and talk about it, please do. We want regular contributors. We want, you know, monthly contributors. Uh, we want old people yelling at clouds, young yeah. yelling at squatty. Yep, middle-aged people like me uh, just, just doing their best. So uh, yeah, if you got the flavour, you want to yeah, come? come come on the full-time whistle with us. We, oh, we record please. out at the ground so it's nice and easy Mate, for you. If you see us down at the grounds in our lovely Macron-sponsored uh, gear, um, come and say hi to us. And if you want to jump on and talk to us after the game with a beer, you are more than welcome, whoever you are. So please do that. Also, please jump on, like, rate, subscribe. It really does help us uh, get the word out there and people uh, see us. Uh, that what's, what's the word? Visibility. Visibility is the thing we all want. Um, and love. And I have a lot of that for you listeners. I've got a lot of that for you, uh, Joshua. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you very much for having me, even uh, even if I showed up a little bit late. That's all good, mate. Even slightly more of the love for you, Kalichi, uh, just because you showed up on time, not for any other reason. Appreciate it. Thank you. And Tommy, always endless love for you. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us on the Perth Football Podcast. No problem, boys. Cheers. Okay. Bye, guys. Love you, Mum. Bye-bye. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Squeeze me out of your life, down the drain like... You're not ready, are you? Start again.